0: If you brought your Bibles tonight, turn with me to the middle of your Bible. Scott gave me the look I was expecting. Psalm 117, 117th Psalm, all right? It's right there in the middle of your Bible. Uh, I I confessed to you this morning, uh, or repeated a confession I'd made to you all several years ago, uh, that I have just never been much of a Psalms person. And the Lord had convicted me about that quite some a number of years ago. And I have made it a conscious effort to spend more time in the Psalms. And so I'm preaching to you this more, or today. This morning was out of Psalms. Tonight is out of the book of Psalms. I guess this is Psalm Sunday for you. I, and so anyways, um, the 117th Psalm, there's several things... That are interesting about the 117th Psalm. Uh, it is the shortest Psalm of all the Psalms, right? There's only two verses there. It is also the shortest chapter in all of the Bible. And if you are to, if you were to go through and number the Bible, or number the chapters in the Bible, and go to the very middle of the Bible according to chapters, 117th Psalm is the middle chapter. It's right smack dab in the middle of the scripture. Uh, so let me read it to you, then let's go to the Lord together in a word of prayer, uh, and then I, I'll confess, um, pray for me tonight, all right? Pray, uh, I was sitting here as I'm starting and I'm thinking, man, should I have had Devin or Marcus preach tonight instead of me? Um, I, I struggle a little bit sometimes preaching these psalms, it's just, it's a little bit out of my, my comfort, Right? If you'll notice, if you'll really listen to preachers and watch preachers, it seems like God gives each one of them kind of a, a lane to preach in. Now, not that they don't get out of that, sometimes they do, but, you know, for instance, some it just seems like it's strictly a salvation message. You know that they preach. Some, it's a, it's always an uplifting, encouraging uh, message. For some, like me, uh, I always feel like I was, I call it a holiness uh, preacher. Meaning, you know, my messages are almost always a. Uh, uh, straighten up and and live right, right. Live live the way live according to the word of God. Live the way that God has uh, called us to live. The way He's commanded us to live. Uh, I think about you know just like it says in 1 Corinthians, to sin not and uh, awake to righteousness, right? There's some that don't know the name of Christ, and so we need to be Christ-like examples. You say you're a Christian, you wear the name tag, then live it. Don't uh, you know? I, I kind of like James, right? I think me and him would have probably got. Along pretty good uh, from the you know the book of James uh, because he was equipped telling me about it and show me by your actions and so that's kind of the lane that I'm in but tonight that's not really what this message is and that's not really what this psalm is about so let's look at Psalms one seventeen the first verse it says Oh praise the Lord all ye nations praise him all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just humbly come before you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the good day and for the many blessings. We thank you for the opportunity you've given us to gather here tonight to Fellowship together to worship together to 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 break your word together tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the as it's already been mentioned here tonight, for the freedom that we have to be able to gather here tonight openly without fear of persecution uh, uh, or any kind of repercussion. We thank you, Lord, for those who have uh, give so much so that we could have that freedom. But we give you the glory because we ultimately know it comes from you. And Lord, we, we praise you and give you the glory. You're so good to us. You poured so many blessings out on us. Every breath that we draw, it's a gift from you. But we thank you most of all tonight for your son, Jesus. Lord, that you sent him and that you give him so that we might have life and have that life eternally and abundantly. Most precious gift that could be given and ever was given. And Lord, my prayer tonight is that none of us None of us would leave here without realizing how great a gift it is that you have given. What it is that you have made possible for each one of us. And not just us here, but for whosoever will accept you. Whosoever will repent and turn to you. And so Lord, my prayer is tonight is that we would give you all the praise, all the glory, all the worship because you you alone are doing. it. And so Lord, and I pray also as we go forward tonight in this service, God, you know our hearts. You know our needs. You know our burdens. You know our our fears. You know what we are facing. You know what is ahead of us. You know the things that we do not even know that are yet coming. And so Lord, my prayer tonight is, is that you would meet every need here tonight. God, that you would prepare us, Lord, for what it is that we're getting ready to face. God, that you would encourage us. God, that you would lift us up. Lord, that you'd draw us near to you. Lord, that you would strengthen us. And I'm talking about a spiritual strength, a spiritual might, so we can go out and we can serve you and we can do your work and we can fight the battle. Lord, I pray tonight that you would move in our midst in a mighty way. You're the searcher of hearts. You know what we stand in need of. You know where we fall short. You know the, the maybe the doubts that might be hiding in some hearts. You know the questions, the concerns, the weaknesses, whatever it might be, the sins that we've let creep in. God, my prayer tonight is if there's anything that we are letting come between us and you, God, that you'd convict us of it, we repent of it, and get it out of the way. Before it's too late, so nothing would separate us from you. Nothing would come between us and you. And Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, just have your way and your will in our service and our midst. If there's any here tonight that don't know you, or any that are backslidden or just not sure where they stand, God, let tonight be the night that they would get things right with you before it's too late. And God, let me ask one more thing of myself. I need your help tonight. I can't preach a lick without you, and I know that. Uh, woefully inadequate is how I feel, Lord. So, Lord, I'm asking that you would just clear my mind of everything but your message. Help me to keep my attention and my focus on you. Place on my tongue the very words you would help have me to speak. And, Lord, just help them to roll right on off. Lord, my desire is to preach from my spirit to their spirit. So, Lord, I'm asking for your anointing from on high. God, that you'd fill me full of your spirit. Lord, that you'd empower me. God, that you would just uh, move and work in this service in a mighty way. And we'll give you every bit of the glory for it. God, we love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. And we ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. In this psalm, uh, actually this section of psalms, uh, Psalms 113 through 118, uh, the Hebrew people, the the Jews usually refer to it as the, I'm probably not going to pronounce it right, but I think you say it, Hallah, section of psalms. Hallah, H-A-L-L-E-L. The first six letters in the word hallelujah. All right? Hallow. This is the hallow section of Psalms. Uh, these are the praise Psalms. Of course, there's other good praise Psalms. Psalms 150 is a good praise Psalm. So as we look at, at this little short Psalm here, uh, I, I see first of all in this Psalm that it looks back to, to uh, God's intent from beginning to end, right? From Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And I see it looking all the way ahead ultimately uh, to, the, to its ultimate fulfillment in the new heavens and the new earth. I think that we can really find some, some great thoughts in this psalm. And so as we look at this psalm here tonight, we see it starts with that, uh, that great big letter, that O, <laughs> Starting out there, it says, oh, praise the Lord, right? That oh, first of all, is a positive note. It's a, uh, I believe it's a cry. uh, Well, it's not a cry of disappointment. Instead, it shouts out to us, right? It cries out to us uh, to get our attention. It's almost like saying, let me have your attention, Praise. in this passage, right? Both of these verses takes in both who the Lord is as well as what He has done. I wrote down a couple definitions and brought to read to you tonight because I think it's helpful. Uh, I've mentioned before, I think, Sometimes we just throw around some Bible words without fully being aware or understanding what we're saying. Uh, I mentioned this in a sermon a few weeks ago, grace and mercy, uh, which mercy is a word that comes up in this psalm again here. Uh, It's like we just kind of throw it out there and we sprinkle a little bit more on there because that's a good, you know, hallelujah. I think maybe might be another one of those words. Um, You know... I've been working for a while on a thought, on a message, and I don't know when the Lord will have me preach it. I know... In my mind, it's not ready, it's not baked, it's not cooked yet, it's still scrambled eggs running around up there, but about worship, and I've been thinking a lot about worship, and I kind of think sometimes that's a term or a word that we throw around, we go to a church to worship, but do we really worship? Do we know? Do we understand? And so I'm not going to preach necessarily specifically on that tonight, but praise is definitely the part of worship. Sometimes I think we throw that phrase around or we use it as a byphrase, phrase you know. We'll just say, praise the Lord. But do we praise the Lord? Do we really even understand and know what it means to praise? I think it's helpful sometimes to get the dictionary out and just look. Just look and see what the dictionary says. Uh, the definition of a word is. Sometimes it helps with the understanding. I wrote down and brought with me The definition, the dictionary says praise is the act of expressing approval or admiration, the offering of grateful homage in words or song as an act of worship. And then it gives the example sentence it gives is a hymn of praise to God. I thought that was kind of fitting. That's the context and what we're using it. Right? We're talking about praising God. We're not talking about praising man or anything like that. I looked it up. I've got the um, Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary. And I thought, well, since it's in the Bible context and we're talking really about a Bible word, what's a Bible dictionary saying about it? So I wrote down that definition this afternoon and brought it with me to read to you tonight. The Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary under praise, when you look up the word praise, it says this. It says, and I don't know that it so much gives a definition as it just talks about what praise is, but it says, Our praise towards God is the means by which we express our joy to the Lord. That was the first sentence. And I thought, okay, that began to, you, you, you know, what the dictionary says about um, expressing approval and admiration, uh, uh, you know, grateful homage and words and songs. You know, that didn't click a lot with me, but that our praise towards God is the means by which we express our joy to the Lord. When somebody says, or when you say, praise the Lord, you ought to be expressing some joy towards God. How many times do we say something like that because the flesh side of us would rather say something that we hadn't ought to say? It goes on. The rest of what it said in that dictionary I thought was pretty good, so I wrote it down. It goes on and it says, we are to praise God both for who He is, for what He does. It gives a reference of Psalms 150. If you go read Psalms 150, that's what it talks about. It says it pretty good there. It says, praising God for who He is is called adoration. I didn't realize that. And it said, praising Him for what He's done is known as thanksgiving. Praise of God may be in song... Or prayer. It may be individually or collectively. It can be spontaneous or it can be prearranged. But it needs to be originating from the emotions or from our will. It needs to be intentional. It needs to come from something true inside. So when I look at this psalm about praise, and I begin to think about, oh praise the Lord. First of all, I see it in this first verse. Let me read it to you again. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. First thing I do is I see, I see a command there. Right? That doesn't look like an optional statement to me. It's almost like it would be wrong to withhold praise from God, right? I think this psalm, it tells us, it just plain out, oh right, to get our attention, praise the Lord. And then it tells who is to do it, all ye nations, and then it says it again. Praise Him, right? It's repeating the command. It's saying it again. Praise the Lord. Praise Him. And just in case you didn't know who all the nations were, it goes on and says, All ye people. This psalm commands everyone, everywhere to praise the Lord. This is appeal uh, not only to the Jew but to the Gentile alike to glorify God. Me and Brother Ted was talking before the service and and, and, and our conversation got into some of this stuff. If you go over to Romans chapter 10 and you look at, I believe it's verses 10 and 11 or somewhere right thereabouts, Paul quotes this part of this psalm. He quotes it making the case to show that God's salvation is for all people, not just the Jews. For all people of all time, right, we get caught up in some some sort of silly, crazy, nonsense that it was for a certain group at a certain time and now it's for a certain group at a certain time. No, it's for all people, whosoever. Uh, Colvin quoted to us just a while ago, right? Uh, uh, sometimes I wonder why is it do we have such a hard time understanding who what, whosoever is. It's all those that will repent of their sins and call upon the name of the Lord, all of them, that will put their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ. This is not a direction I expected things to go tonight. But how often? How often has there been somebody that maybe we hear something about and we hear they got saved, but we doubt it because we know who they are. We know what they've been. We know what they've done. Maybe, there, maybe it's even something personal, right? Maybe there's, they've done something to you or to some of your family or somebody you care about. Church, you're going to have to figure out how to handle that and deal with that because you just might end up spending eternity in heaven with them. Praise you the Lord! Glory to the Lamb of God! That'd be all right! You don't shout now, you will then! I remember one time, there's nothing like being a preacher, being a pastor, especially, this is how it is for me, I assume everybody else is the same way, but maybe not. I mean, really being full of zeal. I remember when, Jennifer, when we first went down Dry Creek, man, had a fire and a zeal, and that whole community was going to get saved and get in church. And, and we wasn't taking no for an answer. And I remember, I remember our Sunday school superintendent. We mentioned there was one person that lived, they just lived two houses down from the church. My goodness, you live two houses down from the church, you ought to be going there. Just how I felt. That's what I said. I was, you know, I said, we need to go down there and visit them. I said, me and Jennifer's already been there once. I said, some of you all that's known them for a long time, you need to go see them. And one gentleman spoke up and said, no, they'll never. Whosoever means whosoever. Whosoever will accept, whosoever will believe. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever will turn their life, their heart, over to Him. Apostle Paul, what a wicked and vile man, stood there and I I believe he probably held the coats for those who stoned. Not to scare any deacons tonight, but stoned Stephen who was a deacon to death for sharing the gospel. How many said, not him. He'll never get saved. Not him. I'm not going to go talk to him. I figure Ananias was a little nervous from the way I read about that, about when they was telling him, when the Lord was telling him to go talk to Paul, I would say the Lord had to tell him directly because he wouldn't listen to nobody else. Who is it that God's been speaking to your heart about? Who is it that you need to be talking to? Who is it that you need to be going and seeing? Who is it that you've said, no, they'll never straighten up. No, they'll ne- I know that it's possible, but your actions reveal something else. So, praise the Lord. Paul uses this psalm and quotes it in order to make the case to the Jews, or those people that you referred to as dogs that you didn't think could ever get saved. Just as Ted said tonight, they, I believe it was Ted, whoever it was that said, they've been in the plan all along. From the foundation of the world. So we look at this and we see this command to Praise, right? Praise the Lord, right? It is, uh, uh, I heard somebody say one time it's practice for eternity, right? Uh, I've heard some say that it is the occupation of heaven, is praise. Praise. Uh, Charles Spurgeon is famously quoted for saying, "Praise is the rehearsal for the eternal song." Uh, and so I often wonder, why don't we just go ahead and why don't we get started here uh, and now instead of waiting for eternity? Why is it that we sit in the pew and we look like the, um, I don't know that we've been drink- eating kerosene cucumbers or something? I'll never. I feel like I'm picking on Dry Creek tonight and ain't nobody here to defend themselves. I'm getting ready to tell you another story about whenever I was down there pastoring. There's a gentleman down there, not the same one I was talking about a while ago. And he's a good guy, good-hearted guy, light-hearted, a lot of fun. But for some reason, through the whole service, and it was always this way, he sat, of course there, there's just two rows of pews. The one on the right-hand side, he sat there, well, about like Ted. Where Ted, arms crossed, just about like Ted is right now. But he had, Ted's got a smile on his face. He had the, oh, had the upside-down smile, right? He had the sourest look. I don't know if Marcus and Devin can relate to this. When you're preaching, there's some people you can look at, some people you cannot look at. He was one I could not look at. <laughs> I mean, because it's just instantly, you know, you go through your mind, you know, what I do wrong, what I say. He looked mad. He wasn't. You know, after I got to know him, he was there for a while. He wasn't. I had Brother Chip Williams, after he'd started preaching, come over and preach. And Chip's one of them. He just says whatever he thinks whenever he thinks it. And, he, and Chip's going along preaching, and he looks over there at Ronnie, and he just stops and he says, Brother, is there something wrong? Did I? And he was dead serious. Did I say something to offend you? Ronnie was completely caught off guard. He didn't even realize. We had a good laugh about it later. He didn't even realize he looked like that when he was sitting there. Some of us, we'll come and we, and we hear about the goodness of God and we can, you know, we know what God has done, but we just sit there. I'm telling you, it's time, church, that we praise the Lord. I want to preach, whenever I get around to preaching about worship, I want to preach about coming to church prepared to worship the Lord. I think that's an element that we miss so much is we don't come prepared. We, we, we eat a jar full of kerosene cucumbers and we come and we, I dare you, Sunday school preacher, I dare you, musicians and singers, I dare you, preacher, to change my mind and change my attitude. I double-dog dare you to make me praise the Lord. I preached at a church one time that was well-known for being very, very quiet and not amening. And this person that was talking to me, they knew I can get a little excited sometimes. And I was preaching revival there, so you kind of expect that. And they said, well... Did you get, you know, they were smirking, they were smiling, they knew kind of, and they said, Did you get any amens? I said, Well, I had to preach pretty hard, (laughs) but I did squeeze out one or two. Hadn't ought to be that way, right? We ought to be happy. Praise the Lord, I don't care what's going on, you're on your way to heaven. Praise ye the Lord. It's good to be a child of the King. Glory to God. I'm glad tonight. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm glad that I've been saved, that I've been redeemed. Glory to God. I've been set free. Sin no longer has a hold on me and no longer has me prisoner, bondage over me. Glory to God. Whatever the world may throw at me, whatever the devil may come at me with, I am a child of the king. Glory to God. And if he was to take my life, Life. hallelujah I'm in the presence of law of the Lord for all of eternity how much better does it get than that seems like somebody could shout about that <clears throat> praise this if we call this the praise chapter which I do sometimes I think it's fitting it's right in the middle of the Bible I don't think it's by chance. I don't think it's by accident. Right here in the middle of the Bible. What is in the, the center? It's the heart, right? We refer to that as the heart of something. What's in the middle of it? What's in the middle of it? A command. <laughs> praise the Lord. That not ought to be at the heart of everything that we do. Ought to be to praise the Lord. You know, I think about... Maybe the question gets asked sometimes, why should we praise the Lord? And I'll be honest with you, there's not time tonight to fully go into that. And I'm not, I wouldn't be capable of it anyways. But I, I wanted to throw some stuff out there for you tonight. On, uh, some things to, for you to ponder, for you to think on. You know that it tells us the, the, that the, uh, the, the, the fruit of our lips, right? Uh, that it's a sweet sacrifice to God. And it ought to be praise, right? The praise, the fruit of our lips. I said just a minute ago that this is a, a command. Everything. You know, let me say this before I move on. There, every, everything, is what I started to say a minute ago, everywhere. In the Scripture, there, there is just over and over, there's so many places where you see, you know, we're told to do this or told to do that or not do that or, you know, we're instructed about something. And then there's some places where the, where the Lord repeats Himself twice and He says it twice, right? And we know that that should get our attention, right? We know that we should, that's something that, you know, He's putting emphasis, if He says it twice, He's putting emphasis on it. Do you know that there is a there's a handful of places not very many but there's a few places where he even repeat where the scripture even repeats itself three times in one passage of scripture I'm not talking about a you know a spot here in the Bible and a spot you know five books over or anything like that I'm talking about in one passage of scripture one passage of scripture that we would consider consider one set of context. Right, if, it's, if it repeats itself twice, it's trying to get our attention. It's important. There's a few places where it will repeat itself. It'll say it three times total. But there is only one place in all of Scripture that I know of, that I have found anyways, where, it's, where it tells us to do something four times in one passage of Scripture. And that is found in um, Psalms 107. In Psalms 107, it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Four times, and that's the only place I know of in the Scripture that it does anything like that. It tells us to praise the Lord. And how it says that, right? To, uh, oh, that men would praise the Lord uh, for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. I think it's telling us that, w- that we ought to let the whole world know, right? We ought to praise the Lord and we should not be shy or quiet about it. It's important. Twice in the very middle of the Bible, praise ye the Lord. It makes it clear who the focus of our praise is. That's something if we're not careful we'll, we'll, we'll praise men. Uh, Not that I've ever done much to be praiseworthy, but if I do, and somebody you know tries to recognize that, I appreciate that. But I try to make sure that I redirect their praise to the Lord because that is who deserves it. That is the focus of this passage, right? You look at this this first verse, it tells us twice, right? It tells us to praise the Lord, and it makes it clear that, that the praise is for the Lord, right? All ye people, all ye nations. Praise the Lord. Praise Him. Why should the Lord be the focus of our praise? Well, let me give you a few reasons. First of all, He should be the focus of our praise because of His majesty. He should be the focus of our praise because of His glory, because of His Excellency, he should be the focus of our praise because of his, because of his greatness, uh, because of his holiness, because of his wisdom because of his power it mentions here in the scripture his mercy uh, his merciful kindness Uh, uh, he should be the focus of our praise because of his goodness because of his mercy because of it we think about mercy you can't help but think about salvation right I mean that's salvation I mean we're experiencing God's mercy right because mercy what mercy is is not getting what you deserve we all deserve an eternity in the devil's hell we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's why we've got to be so careful uh, as I was talking about earlier we get a little high minded and, 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 and I don't know whatever the right word is uh, <coughs> uh, whenever we get to thinking uh, that somebody else can ever be saved. Well glory to God uh, you and I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God just the same as they did. We're, we were vile sinners just the same as what they were and if it was not for the mercy of God we'd be going to hell Just as the same as them. So we need to praise him for his mercy. Praise him for his, the other side of that coin is his grace. Grace is getting what we do not serve, what we do not deserve. Right? And go to the part of salvation. Mercy is not going to hell, which we deserve to do. Grace is having the opportunity to go to heaven, which is something in a million years we could never deserve or earn, Brother Marcus. We could never. Never. Praise him for his wonderful works. Look up and you see just a little of beauty that's left in this old world. Whether it be a sunrise or a sunset, or whether it just be in the trees or the flowers or whatever it might be. Praise him for his wonderful works. Praise him for his comfort. Right, Jesus said that he's not going to leave us comfortless but that He is going to go, and when He goes, He's going to send us the Comforter. Hallelujah. Could you imagine what it would be like, Brother Ted, to to go on this journey alone? We ain't going alone. We got the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, I got the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to have to say, if you didn't, you might not have got the whole thing. You might not have got salvation, is what I'm trying to say. He didn't leave us alone he didn't leave us comfortless he didn't leave us to walk uh, this path alone we should praise him for it we should praise him for his counsel for his judgment for his promises uh, for the forgiveness of sins we should praise him for uh, deliverance we should praise him for His protection. Have you ever thought about the times that God has saved you from things, right? Um, I don't know if I've told you the story before or not, but right after I got saved, (coughs) I was working at Mountain Grove Building Supply. And uh, things were going, the housing was going big time then, and building a lot, and they were busy. And and, uh, anyways, it was really tempting when you put together them uh, an order Right, And it might be a whole different assortment of uh, lumber and things like that. And then we'd band it up and put it on the truck and take it out there in them old trucks. There's a, dump bed, there's a flat bed that'll dump and it'll slide off. I've been told and I've been warned and warned and warned. First of all, don't make your bundle too big because if your bundle gets too big, it gets too heavy. And the metal bands will catch on the seam of the bed. And instead of sliding off, it'll get hung. So don't make your bundles too big. And if you ever do make one too big, for heaven's sake, do not stand on the side, at the side of the truck with a stick and try to poke at that thing to get it to slide on down. So one morning when I am running late and running behind and I do dumb things, that's when I really do dumb things, I'm over here at Dunn. I have a bundle way too big hung on that bed, and I find myself with a short tube before standing at the side, poking at it, trying to get it to slide on off. when all of a sudden what happened was exactly what they warned me, and there's been several people killed in that very situation before. For some reason, whenever there's enough tension and it gets just right when that band breaks. That lumber, it's just like an explosion. And it just all comes off of the side of that truck. Bury, it hurt you know, maim you at the very least. break some bones. Possibly even kill you. And there is no other exp- explanation other than I refer to it sometimes as the hand of God, but it, I know it was one of His angels. The, I couldn't... <laughs> Look at this little fat boy. I don't do anything real fast. There ain't no way I was reacting and I was getting away from that in time. I literally can remember the power and the force of being swept, not pushed. I did not have a single bruise or mark on me, didn't get hit with a single stick of lumber. There is one spot between the, the, the tank that was the hydraulic tank and the tires it was big enough for me to stand in sideways underneath the bed of that truck. And God swept me right in there and the pile of lumber was higher than my head right here on the right side right exactly where I was standing. I knew right then uh, praise ye the Lord <laughs> Praise God. I was dumb and God saw fit to save me anyways. And I, I think back on that ever so often. And it just hit me. I know i said things like this, but it really just dawned on me. That was one time that God saved me. And I knew it was evident to me right then. But how many other times has He saved me and I didn't even realize it? how many times going down the road he's prevented something from happening that maybe something stupid i'd done or something stupid somebody else had done or, or maybe it was just the the maybe it was just the devil right uh how is it that jesus says that to peter that the devil uh wished to uh, sift him like the like the chaff right like the wheat jesus said but i have prayed for you in other words i have prevented it, i have stopped it how many times that is how many times, Marcus, is the old devil want to take you out because he didn't want you doing God's work anymore? Huh? How many times? How many times that you, me, you, I mean, I could just go around and around and around and around. Praise you, the Lord. <laughs> something to praise God for and we ought to be a people that is known for praising the Lord. Sometimes we get caught up and I don't want anybody to be unauthentic or do anything that is not right but sometimes we get to thinking that well you can't get too vocal about being happy in the Lord or being excited about the Lord because I'll be confused People will think I'm from, you know, that crazy group over there. Quit worrying about it. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. God, praise Him for His protection. Praise Him for answering prayer. How many prayed for me? Glory to God, I don't even know how many prayed for me before God saved me, right? Praise the Lord for all the answered prayers all along the way. Praise Him for the hope of the glory that we have in Him. Praise ye the Lord. And this other verse here. Verse two it says, "For his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. There's two things I see here. First of all, I see His merciful kindness. His merciful kindness um, is first reason I see in this verse, we need to be praising the Lord. I think it speaks of His love, right? In God's kindness, there is mercy. Because our sin deserves, as I've already said, just the opposite of kindness, just the opposite of God's mercy. If we got what we deserved, we would all be in hell. (coughs) Excuse me. In God's kindness, that's where we find His mercy. You know, you realize that we're nothing but dirt, nothing but dust, right? Uh, the, in the book of Genesis, it tells us that He formed man out of the dust of the ground, and He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life, and then He became a living soul. The breath of life, that's what it takes to become a living soul. Without that, you and I were just dirt, we're just dust. Without the gift that God gives us, without that spirit of life, you know, when I think about that and I think we're just dirt, we're just dust, think about how weak we are. And even the strongest men in the world are weak in the presence of the Lord. I think about all through the scripture, you see all of them, when they come in the presence of the Lord, they just crumble. They're just right on their face, right there in the presence of the Lord. There's no strength to stand on your own feet. I think about that and I think about his great merciful kindness. And I think that this has already been mentioned so many times here tonight that he sent his son to be born of a, of a woman, right? To be born of, of Mary. To live a perfect, sinless life. And then to die the most awful, cruel death that could possibly be imagined. And he done that for us. He knew before he ever even left the splendors In the glories of heaven, he knew what he would have to go through. He knew what he would have to suffer. He knew what he would have to endure. And he did it anyways. This shows his great merciful kindness. The other thing it says in that verse is his truth. We need to praise him, right? That's the other reason in that verse that... We need to praise the Lord, right? It's His truth It's talking about His Word, right? In John 17, uh, 17, 17, He says, Jesus says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. You know, just like I talked about this morning, we are living in a time when people, they try to teach that there's no such thing as an absolute truth. They say that, you know, you have your truth and I have my truth. You've got your experiences and I have my experiences. And even though the, in the and they are both truths, and even though they are opposites, they are, they are still both truths. That's baloney! That's hogwash! They're completely wrong. Be careful because the devil will use that lie to deceive you. He's used it to deceive many. The Word of God is is absolute truth it is the foundation of truth it is the truth of the truth it is i can emphasize how much it is it is the truth you know don't you get caught up in this nonsense there is no gray areas It's black and white. It's right and wrong. Right? You're either for God or you're against God. You're either working for Him or you're you're either gathering or scattering. Lord tells us. Whatever the Lord tells us is truth. Because He is truth. John uh, 14, 6. That's where Jesus uh, says... I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's it. There is no other way. No other way. He is the truth. How do you conclude this type of message? Well, I think the same way this psalm is concluded. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Everyone that has breath ought to praise ye the Lord. That's how the psalm was concluded. That's how I'm going to con- conclude it. Let me just say this real quick as Jennifer is coming. In the Hebrew, if you look up and look this up in strongs, this praise ye the Lord is just one word. You know what it is? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. Praise, um, halla is, is praise or praise be or depends on the context, but something to that effect in um, uh, Hebrew. R- really, probably if we're going to be technical here, it's, it's probably praise Jehovah might be the right way to say it, but I mean that's essentially the same thing. Praise ye the Lord. We should say hallelujah we should say praise the lord because he is faithful we should say hallelujah because of his revelation right he's revealed himself to us in his word right i remember i told you the whole thing this morning from beginning to end right it's complete we go to it looking for christ just as the as the shepherds went to the manger in bethlehem looking for christ we go to the word of god looking for the christ in the old testament we see him predicted in the gospels we see him revealed in the acts of the apostles we see him preach in the epistles We see him explained, and in the book of Revelation, we see him expected. That's where we're at. Brother Ron, I'm expecting him anytime. Glory to God. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise him that I have a home in heaven and that you have a home in heaven. Praise him that he said that he is not he's not going to leave us, he's not going to forsake us, that because he went to prepare a place for us, we know, that's an assurance, that he's coming back to receive us unto himself, that where he is we may be also. You think about that. That means it don't matter how you leave this world, whether you go by the way of the grave or by the way of the rapture, he's coming back for you. And he's coming back for me. Praise you the Lord. Praise you the Lord. Would you stand to your feet? (coughs) I don't know what uh, is going on in your life. I don't know your heart. I don't know your need. I don't know your burden. But I want you to know that we've got a place set aside here. The altar is open. Come and pray. If you've got a need, if you've got a burden, would you come tonight? If you want to just thank the Lord, that'd be all right too. If you want to just praise the Lord. Come on, don't miss this opportunity, whatever it is. Maybe you're not sure where you stand with God. Maybe for the first time you realize you're not, you're not saved. You're not on your way to heaven. You, you can't authentically say, praise you the Lord. Then I'm begging you, come before it's too late. You'll never get a better opportunity than you have right here tonight. Whatever the need is, would you come tonight? Would you come?